ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Prugar. And well, we saw history at Beaver Stadium Saturday night. The Nittany Lions lose, going starting the season off 0-5. They've become the first team ever to start the season ranked in the AP top twenty or top ten only to lose their first five games of the season. Now, it's also the first time that they've started the se- started a season 0-5 in program history. But it's not the worst start in the Big Ten. You can uh, go back to 2003 and 2004 when they went uh, 0-6 uh, to begin those campaigns in the Big Ten. So, <laughs> you know... Over the last few weeks, I've talked about Sean Clifford and his performance. Well, he he didn't play for two quarters today, and so you can't really blame him. Now he did come in. He did come in, and and he he first two passes of the game, back to back touchdown passes, great. Gets Penn State within within a couple, and then Sean Clifford returned. You know the 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 Sean Clifford of old, the the turnovers, the interceptions, and with one late going for a touchdown. So yeah, okay, Clifford can't blame him. Well, Levis didn't didn't play terribly. I I mean he was kind of methodical with the football. Uh, found receivers when needed, when necessary. Kept his eyes and his poise in the pocket. So I thought those were were some positives um, from him, but. You know, he turned the ball over, and, and the M.O. this year is Penn State's allergic to holding on to the football, um, and and that happened again tonight. Uh, Levis turned the ball over. Clifford turned the ball over. It's just, it, it, they're contagious, and it's gotten to a point where, at what point does it change? Like, it does, it, like, does it matter who's a quarterback? Does it matter what's going to happen the rest of the season? And, and to an extent, you know, you can only make so many excuses before the excuses just get get too old. And I think tonight, tonight, and and really the the entire season is on the coaching staff. Um, you you look at the coaching staff, and and I get there's a lot of turnover, and there is not much of an off season, and installing things on Zoom is is difficult. Uh, trust me, I get it. I I'm a fourth grade virtual math teacher um, by day. So I, I understand how hard it is to, to keep attention spans when there's so many different things going on in the world and in day-to-day life. So, yeah, it is hard to install an offense and install things like that over Zoom, over computers. And, you know, you had Phil Troutwine talk about that uh, this week with the media. He showed them YouTube clips. He showed Lyman YouTube clips. Now, there aren't very many clips I would show any Lyman on how to – be a lineman on this team, but I would show them video clips of this team and how not to be. Um, and and you look at the guys that they had unavailable today. Devin Ford was unavailable. Pat Fryermuth, who it was announced after this after uh, the game, he will no longer be playing for Penn State. He will be having um, he'll be having season-ending surgery as a result of an injury uh, had against uh, Ohio State. Which is kind of mind-boggling in a way because, you know, Ohio State was three weeks ago, and we're just now obviously finding out about this, but he played in the two games following and had two of his better performances. So I'm not sure whether it's what how serious in nature it is, but I think 
you know, that's not that's something that, you know, could be used as an excuse moving forward. So today we saw Brenton Strange, and he played fairly well, uh, having a, uh, hauling in one of those Clifford touchdown passes. So, you know, it, it's you're, you're seeing some positives, but the negatives just really, just really can't get out of their own way. Penn State struggled again tackling. They struggled again uh, all over the place defensively, and, and they just failed to play f- football. I, I want to say complimentary football, but that's not fair to, to complimentary football because Penn State just at times looks like they don't know how to play football. Um, and they're, they marched down the field on their, second, on their first possession of the game and scored. They took their first lead since the first overtime against Indiana. That was four games ago. That's mind-boggling. They finally took their first lead, and obviously it didn't last very long. You know, you, and this is, and it's just one of those things where, you know, Penn State, you've, if you're James Franklin, you've got to hope the team doesn't quit on you. And, and with some of the decisions that the coaching staff made tonight, I honestly wouldn't blame them if they quit on this coaching staff because the coaching staff quit on them. It's been ter- it's it you one questionable play call after another trying to spark different things and and you know I I don't I don't disagree with going to Clifford with Levis turning the football over and it and it worked out. It was it was a nice little spark plug, nice little spark for the team. They scored two touchdowns immediately and it was gr- it was solid football. You know, they moved the ball, they had a couple of big plays that they really have not had. Uh, in quite some time, and then, boom, just like that, it was over. And Clifford <laughs> threw an incompletion, and then, you know, the turnovers began. And it's, it's just one of those situations. Now you want to look some positives. Jahan Dotson had a good game. Um, Strange looked okay. He didn't look overwhelmed by the moment uh, in his first significant action uh, for the uh, for the Nittany Lions. Um, so you you have those things that, that looked okay. Um, the running back situation is the running back situation. It is what it is, and I don't think it's going to get much better uh, this year, especially if Ford is not going to be available, to, but not sure how long. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where Penn State preaches this next man up mentality, and the next man up, you know, it, it's not as deep as they thought it would be. You know, with 30 freshmen, how many of those guys are ready? Um, and it, it, it's one of those deals. So, you know... It, You'll see what happens now. Michigan, uh, as of recording this uh, podcast, is playing Rutgers, and they are down uh, at the moment. So next weekend's matchup in Ann Arbor is going to be, uh, you know, not exactly what was expected beginning of the season. Uh, if you would have looked at me in, straight in the face and said that Penn State and Michigan going into this game would have one win apiece, or one win, period, um, I would have laughed hysterically. And I probably wouldn't have stopped laughing until now. So it, it's very interesting to see how this is is going to play out, um, especially if if Michigan and Rutgers if Rutgers beats Michigan. Uh, now looking forward, now looking ahead, you know it, it's it's a situation where Penn State still doesn't play a team with a winning record in their their next four games, and with the way that the end of the season works, playing that other seeded game, it doesn't look as though they'll play somebody from the West Division uh, with a winning record either sitting at 0 and 5 on the year. But to get to that point, they've got to go through Michigan, Rutgers and Michigan State. So, and to do that, I who knows what's going to happen in in the next 3 to 4 weeks. Ah. 
as I mentioned in the first segment, I think this this all falls on the coaching staff. The inability to prepare adequately every week. You know, they James Franklin preaches next man up, one and no mentality, one and no mentality. This family that. You know, having a, having a team that's close is, is great, but when the results aren't aren't happening and the results are just not, you know, coming to fruition after years and years of success, you know, you have to take a good hard look in the mirror and you have to be accountable for those actions and accountable for for the product that's on the field. Um, I don't we we're, we don't have access to Penn State practices this year, uh, and when we did have access in previous seasons. We got to see stretches or maybe a special teams period here and there. So we really didn't see uh, much of anything substantial other than maybe Jake Penninger kicking field goals uh, to end practice and that sort of thing. And, and it, that's the way Penn State is, and that's uh, perfectly okay. That's their prerogative. But the issue here is is purely coaching. Um, James Franklin is getting paid a lot of money to not win very many football games this year, uh, or any, actually. Uh, better that I say that, but you know, it, I, I get the built-in excuses of having a, having an off season, uh, without, you know, a full complement of coaches that, that know what they're doing and, and how to, to coach at Penn state, because I think there is a, a, a big tradition there and, and Franklin's been here for, for multiple years. So he's got, uh, things established in, in ways that, you know, they wouldn't know, by being over Zoom, whether it's with team meetings, whether the way they go, they the way they go about position meetings and things of that nature, but it's on Franklin. You you have to put your teams in positions to succeed. You know, you look at going back to the first um, first series of the game, or not first series of the game, but the first quarter of the game, and there's a situation where they went forward on fourth and one and got stuffed. Um, fourth and one, fourth and two, get stuffed. Iowa goes down, scores. You know. Um, not ideal. Uh, I, I'm sorry, my timing's off. I believe that happened in the second quarter. Um, but it, it's just a situation where you got to get your guys ready to play. And he, and he talked after the game about, you know, sparking the team this, sparking the team that. And, and I get it, you know. But first of all, if you're gonna if you're gonna make that play call, the play that the, or the the decision is is fine. I, I understand that decision and trying to get points on the board and 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 get and I get that. But the issue that I have is is the play call itself. You know, too many times over the years, Penn State's called a play on fourth down, and it's just not gone anywhere. And obviously, execution is a big deal. Um, don't get me wrong; you know, execution is half the battle when it comes to that. But play calling has a big is a big deal too. You know, they they key on the on the quarterback runs because Penn State is is moderately successful at them. Penn State is very good at, at running with the quarterback, whether it's Will Levis or Sean Clifford or even um, dating back to Trace McSorley. So yeah. They're, but they're going to start keying on that. And teams have proven to come out ready to do whatever it takes to start games both on both sides of the football. And Penn State just has not been able to stop that. And I and this week or this week wasn't any different. You know, they did hold Iowa to a field goal, and Penn State did take their first lead. But after that, it was it was all Iowa, and that's not, and that's coaching. You have to prepare your team in ways that they can succeed, and they are not succeeding. The guys that they are putting in are not being put in positions to succeed. Uh, do I think that Jesse Lucetta should be where he's at with linebacker? No, I think he should be in the middle of the field, um, where he needs to be. 
But I think they also have him out of position. I think Lamont Wade, uh, much of the same thing. He's been terrible in coverage uh, in the slot for Penn State all year. Uh, so, you know, you have to put these guys in, in positions to succeed, and this coaching staff just has not been able to do it. Like I said, I don't know how, how things go at their practices, and last week, Tuesday was their best practice all year, and then they come out and get thumped um, by Maryland. So, it, or not Maryland, but uh, Nebraska. So it, it's just, it, it's it, something's got to give. There's got to be an accountability somewhere within the program say hey listen we're just our kids just aren't ready to play and 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 be honest you know you have to look yourself in the mirror and and figure it out because it's not going to get any better anytime soon and with a multitude of young guys uh and and very few um older players it it's it could it could spiral out of control pretty quickly there's a potential that penn state might not win a game all year at the rate things are going and well i don't think that that's going to happen I think it's not out of the realm of possibility. Now, at the same time, the way the schedule looks, they could also rattle off four wins in a row and end up four and five and and maybe head to a bowl game. Uh, but at this rate, they might not even be able to qualify for for anything. And, and that's even in a year where, you know, Penn State, or, and not at Penn State, but everybody is eligible for bowl games. Whether or not they happen, I think, is, is still to be determined. But that that's where Penn State's at, you know. P- James Franklin is not going to get fired. Um, typically, a coach with an 0-5 start in normal circumstances, yeah, the hot seat would be super hot, lava lava rock hot. But with James Franklin and, and everything that's going on this year, Penn State is operating in a, a $70 million deficit, or they're $70 million off of where they typically are at this point in the year money-wise, according to Sandy Barber a couple weeks ago. So there, there's no way that Penn State could even remotely entertain the thought of affording his his buyout, which is the way that they did it is actually, I think, smart on, on Franklin's end if he was uh, fired without cause. Now, there are some things within the program, I think, that uh, could be something to watch. And there, were, there was news uh, over the week that was discussed about uh, issues with Isaiah Humphreys and his situation there and... and Franklin and the university trying to get those the lawsuit dismissed because of certain things, and but I don't think that's enough to get rid of them uh, with cause. But it, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out because this is this is not Penn State football. This is not the Penn State football that that we that people have come to to watch and and love over the years. This is a bad football team, and this is a poorly coached football team at the moment. You know, you got to get your guys ready to play, and I get that there there are no warm up games. There's no there's no MAC team on the schedule. There's no, you know, non conference games. You're you're going right into Big Ten play, but you have to be ready at the Division One NCAA level. There's got to be you. You just have to be ready. You have to bring it each and every day. And you look at the standings, and it, it's kind of crazy when you look at at Indiana having a lot of success, Northwestern having a lot of success and teams like Penn State and Michigan not they're they're terrible. They're they're not good. And it's it just speaks to to number one how how many of those teams are bought in and ready to, you know, make that impact and and make those changes and and it, it kudos to them because those their coaches, the Tom Allen's, the Pat Fitzgeralds, 
those guys got their guys ready to play and geared up for a season. And, and guys like Jim Harbaugh and James Franklin, who were paid handsomely for what they do, and have had track records that have been successful uh, at, at multiple stops, have not. And and whether it's, it's talent, whether it's COVID, whether it's whatever circumstances you can come up with, and, and don't get me wrong, Penn State has plenty of reasons why they're they're not very good right now. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. But right now, the only person that should be looking at the mirror and self-reflecting uh, is James Franklin. It's on him, and it's on him to get this team back to where it needs to be. And it's got to start tomorrow at practice. And if they're not able to do that, it's going to continue to steamroll out of control. And I don't know that, that anybody's going to be able to stop it at this point. But... Until then, this has been Jared Prugar. I thank you so very much for listening, and I hope you all have a safe and happy holiday. I will catch you later this week.